Hi, this is Corey Turner, and along with my wife Simone, we are the senior pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message. Well, hello to everybody watching today. I want to extend my own warm welcome to you. We're so glad that you are joining us for church at Numa today. And uh, we really are grateful. We understand that in this season, um, church online is not how we would ideally like to be gathering. But uh, we are so grateful that you are persevering and persisting with us in this season and continuing to tune in. We don't take that lightly. We are praying for you. And uh, we just want you to know that you're on our hearts, you're on God's heart. And uh, even though we are separated physically at this time, that we are united in Christ. And so I want to pray for us before we open the Word of God. It is my prayer today that this would deeply encourage you. I, I, w- I don't want this word just to be something that you hear and it just falls away. But I really want and pray that this word comes and it encourages you deeply in this season because I believe that that is the heart of God for us today. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you that you have made it. We thank you, Father God, that you have gone before us and that you are here with us in this moment. Lord, I pray for every household. I pray for every individual, every family. Lord, everybody who is listening to this message today, who is tuning in. God, I thank You that that is no accident in Your will. Lord, that You have a perfect plan and a perfect purpose for each of us, even in this season. And so as we've found ourselves together in this moment, God, I pray for Your Spirit to come and do what only You can do. Lord, that You would come and You would move in people's hearts, in my heart. You would come and transform us with Your Word. I pray, Lord, that as we open Your Word, that our faith would partner with what it is that You reveal to us today. And God, that Your will would be done in and through us. Your kingdom would come on earth as it is in heaven. Father, this is our prayer. We look to You. We fix our eyes firmly upon You. And we thank You for who You are to us today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen and Amen. Well... Last week, Pastor Corey brought an incredible word that the messages that he has brought in this revival month have been absolutely phenomenal. Um, I encourage you to go back and to listen to those as often as you can or feel prompted to. But he brought a message addressing the wrestle that we are facing in this lockdown. It's a very real wrestle. It's a very uh, common wrestle that we're all feeling. We're experiencing it in different ways, but that is something that we can all relate to, I believe, in this season. And then Pastor Stacey shared last week too about the call to endure and mature in a season such as this. What a prophetic word that was. I really believe the heart of God is speaking so profoundly to us at this time. And I just want to add today another layer to this that speaks specifically to some of these areas of the wrestle and of the maturing that I believe God is doing in and through us in this season. You know, uh, over the last few weeks, we've been hearing a lot about revival. We've been praying for revival. We're seeking God for revival in every way possible. We are hungry for a move of God in this season. 
And I sense that some of the challenges that you and I are facing individually and also collectively is an opportunity for us to be prepared for a personal revival, a revival that takes place in those quiet, intimate, private parts of who we are. And that's what I want to speak about today to some of that. I want to talk to you today about preparation for a personal revival. You know, you would have um, known by now and experienced by now that we as believers are not immune to the effects of the broken bits of this world to our souls. The depths of intimacy that we share with the Lord does not necessarily always mean that we don't experience some of the depths of anxiety, of fear, of anger. We experience isolation and loneliness. All these things can still be felt in a broken world. As well as that, we've not been designed to necessarily carry the amount of information and the amount of content that we are being burdened with at the moment as human beings. And I find myself wondering that you may have thought this too, how much more bad news can our souls take? You know, just recently in the news, we know that um, there's been a lot going on, not just within our own community, within our own nation, but across the globe. And we are exposed to this more and more with um, the gift of technology. But, you know, there was the earthquake in Haiti. There's the Afghanistan crisis that is still continuing and um, tragically and horrifically could continue in the days to come. There's across the globe, Uh, countries and nations dealing with this Delta variant that is emerging across our globe. But just in Australia, we are faced with that as well at this time. And the division of opinion on so many topics right now is causing a lot of disunity. There is a lot of angst out there. We've been in lockdowns for over 200 days here in Melbourne and the mental health crisis is being called the shadow pandemic. And Pastor Stacey brought to us last week some of the devastating stats that are emerging in this generation. People are feeling more and more the weight and the burden of these ongoing restrictions, the fatigue, feeling drained, reporting tension in their significant relationships, an increase in feelings of loneliness. Suicide rates are up in Australia in the last 12 months. You know, we hold all of this in our being. We carry it like a burden. When we, when we consume it, when we take it on board, it weighs heavy on our hearts and on our minds. And our souls are not actually designed to hold all of this. Maybe it would be helpful to consider it like this. We wake up in the morning and we check our phones and we immediately are opened up to all that is going on, not just within our own personal space, but in our community, in our country and in other countries of the world. At the start of the day, all this news and content and information we are consuming. And in the first 15 minutes we wake up, we're consuming the same amount of information that our grandparents' generation consumed in a month. And we need to be aware of this and we need to take action and we need to understand how it is that we can care for our souls in this season as followers of Jesus Christ. 
because we aren't created to handle what we're consuming. We're seeing it in our mental health declining. There's such devastating things that are happening across the globe and we're aware of it. We're awake to it. We're alert to what's going on. We are called to action, which we should be. But we are also needing to be aware that as these things are coming at us and we are consuming this content, that there's um, an increase in what it does to our mental capacity and to our souls. We're even seeing it here at Numa, where our own family, uh, we're seeing an increase in significant needs, both practical and emotional like never before. This is real. This is where we're living. We need to talk about it. This is what's happening. We can't ignore it. We can't escape it. And I know that I, for one, am feeling the toll of this because we're not supposed to carry the full weight of it. And Jesus knew this too. He says in Matthew eleven twenty eight, He tells us to take His yoke upon us that we would learn from Him. For He is gentle and lowly in heart. And He says, you will find rest for your souls. I firmly believe that Jesus is the hope of the world. He is the one who is the healer. He is the one who is redeemer. He is the one who is restorer. And His truth is what each and every single one of us need to receive at this time. We are called to live as followers of Jesus Christ who walk through a world where the broken reality of people's lives is big. It's bigger than what we can handle. It's bigger than what we can manage. There is pain and there is suffering all around us. And we are more aware of it than ever before. But we have an answer. We must be very clear about one thing today. We are not the answer to the world's problems. Jesus is. So this is where we find ourselves as the people of God, confronted, consuming all this information, carrying each other's burdens as we should. We're consuming more content, good and bad, than ever before. We're aware of the deep pain and the suffering of people, not just in our neighbourhood, but across the globe. And our souls are carrying more. And I believe that we need a revival of our hearts and our souls. You know, there are characters and testimonies that we see. The Bible is filled with people giving their testimony of believers walking through hard seasons. There are countless stories of those who have faced the hard things in life. We get to see God through the eyes of those who have faced adversity, who have faced fear, isolation, anxiety and persecution. We know Joseph, he was someone who suffered a lot in his lifetime. He was sold into Egyptian slavery by his brothers. He was betrayed by his master, uh, master's wives whose lies landed him in prison. He was unjustly accused. He faced such persecution. Moses, Moses led a company of people who complained so much that he thought it would be better to die. That must have been pretty bad. Naomi followed her husband to a foreign land only to lose everything, including her husband. She felt deep discouragement and sadness. And we know of Job, poor old Job. He lost his home, his riches, his cattle, and even his own children. He faced incredible pain and suffering within his life. And then there is David. Even with his destiny of being the anointed king, he still had a period of time in his life when he had to run for his life. 
for approximately seven to 10 years, he was on the run from a wicked leader. Many of David's Psalms were written in his moment of anxiety, his moment of fear, his moment of struggle. And we can see the way that he handled that as he poured out his heart to God in the midst of that season. We see it firsthand. So I want us to take a look a little bit deeper at some of the, the heart and the response of David today. I wanted to give you a strategy to care for your soul as we navigate this season and to continue to love and serve people as God calls us to. As I believe God wants to use this season as we turn to Him, as we seek Him to prepare us for the personal revival that He wants to do within our lives. And I want you to turn with me to the the book of Psalms. I have loved reading the Psalms in this season. And I would encourage you that if you are feeling a bit dry or a bit burdened in your spirit, that you would pick up the Bible and you would open the Psalms. It is There is some beautiful things written in ways that really connect with where we are at in this season. Um, but I think in this Psalm today, in Psalm 27, I haven't told you that yet. You're just turning to the book of Psalms. Psalm 27, we're going to read today. As David is carrying a burden in the season, we're going to see him expressing this. We're going to see him talking to God and we're going to see some important instructions and strategies that we can follow. So let me read to you Psalm 27. I'm going to read the whole Psalm today. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in His temple. For He will hide me in His shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of His tent. He will lift me up upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in His tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O God, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger, O you who have been my help. Cast me not off, forsake me not, O God of my salvation. For my father and my mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me and they breathe out violence. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And here is the verse I want us to focus upon today. It says, wait for the Lord, be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. You know, the impression we get as we read this psalm is that David is going through something. He's experiencing some natural human anxieties, some natural fear, some natural emotions and experiences as he responds to what's going on around him. But he reminds himself of the goodness of God. 
And, and while David is in this place, he commits his faith to a God who is faithful. He's not immune from the fear. He's not immune from the anxiety. He experiences all it all, but rather than succumbing to the fear, David chooses to trust God, to remind himself of God's protection and to come to the Lord in prayer. You know, I believe in this psalm, he gives us some clear instructions to our response that I wanna encourage you to intentionally pursue in this coming week. There are three keys that help us, I believe, prepare for a personal revival. I really believe that God is doing a good work within us in this season. And as we get uncomfortable and as we feel the tensions and as we wrestle with what is going on around us, that as we turn to God, as we come Come to Him in faith that there are things that He is doing to prepare us for revival. The first thing that we can do is that we exchange our anxiety for strength. You know, David concludes in this psalm to be strong. He says just those two words, be strong. And I really believe that God is strengthening you and I in this season. And this isn't a physical strength. This isn't a strength that we can necessarily see on the outside. It's a strengthening on the inside of us. And we need to be very clear that it is the Lord who makes us strong. This is God's work in us, that He strengthens us from the inside. Before going into battle, which let's face it, can sometimes feel like that every day at the moment, we must go to the place, to the one who our strength comes from. In seasons like this, God does this good work in us if we lean in. Often in times of struggle and trials is the time when God wants to do His work of strengthening us deeply. You know, just as a muscle in the body needs resistance and gains strength over time to gain that, that um, strength, that you, the resistance that we, we um, discipline ourselves to do with our muscles builds strength within them. So too, I believe, it is like that with our soul. That as our soul uh, encounters the resistance around us, as we face the challenges that are coming against us, that as we face resistance, God strengthens us on the inside. We see this supernatural strengthening at work in the life of Saul. You know, after he had been blinded on the road to Damascus, he became disorientated, he was overwhelmed and he didn't eat or drink for many days. And after he received his healing, the Bible said that his sight returned and he rose and he began to eat and he was immediately physically strengthened. But then later on, we read in the chapter of, of chapter 9 of Acts that we see Saul increased all the more in strength. And this time it wasn't just physical. This time it was referring to the power and ability that God was doing a work in him. This kind of strengthening was the power and the ability to do the supernatural. This strengthening was not just a physical manifestation, but a feeling of power from God to do God's work. This is what you and I need today. 
We need to be strong in the things of God. And there are a number of ways that we are being strengthened by God in this time, I believe. This opportunity to be strengthened in faith, to be strengthened by grace, to be strengthened in His might, not by our own power, but by His might. To be strengthened to stand against the enemy, to be strengthened to serve others, to be strengthened to be witnesses and to make disciples, even in a season of restriction. You may feel in this season as though your strength is being drained. I know that for me, I have found these latest lockdowns to be the most fatiguing of them all. And I wanna say to you today that there is no shame in you experiencing anxiety in this time. For the first time, I felt that shadow of anxiety stirring and lurking around me in my physical body in these latest lockdowns. And sometimes it's come out of nowhere. It's been unexpected. I haven't really understood what it is that's happening, but it has come. And, and so I want you to know there's no judgment today if you are in that place right now. I don't believe the lie of the enemy today, that if you are experiencing anxiety in this season, that there's no hope or there's no grace for you. Because as I have navigated that in my own world, the Lord has not left me. And I believe that is the same for you today too. My prayer today and what I believe is on the heart of God is that you, as you listen to this message, that the Word of God would minister strength to you and hope would return. That God would reveal Himself to you as your strength. That you don't need to fight. You don't need to wrestle. You don't need to, to do anything but surrender to His presence in this moment. I think of that well-known Scripture that I think is such a hope for us today. My grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in your weakness. That is for us today. So to be strong in the Lord means that His power, not our own power, but His power is made perfect within us. His power is at work within us. This means I don't have to be perfect. I don't have to be the one who's strong enough. I don't have to be smart enough for the power of God to be shown in my life. We don't have to have all the strategies to deal with what is going on around us or all the knowledge or all the coping mechanisms. We just need to come and allow the perfect strength and power of God to be at work within us. And so this is where our focus lies. This church is where we find our rest in God's power. Sometimes that power will look like a miraculous healing and an incredible restoration. Sometimes that power will look like a redeeming that the enemy meant for evil, God will turn into good in your life. Sometimes that power will look like a supernatural strength to stand and simply not run from God. The Holy Spirit is given to us to help God's power be at work within us. I want to encourage you today that God's Spirit wants to strengthen you, that He wants you to exchange your anxiety for His power to be at work within your life, that as you remain, as you abide, as you stay close, as you persevere, as you persist, that it's not in a physical sense that God promises to strengthen you, but in a, a spiritual sense that He will strengthen you today. The second key that I believe is um, available to us in a personal revival today is that we exchange fear for courage. 
It says here in this scripture that as the psalmist is talking, that we are to be strong and that we are to let your heart take courage today. He is giving you and I great courage. And you know, courage is an act of faith. In a world where everything around us looks bleak and gloomy and feels heavy and hard, we need to be reminded of the hope that we have been called to. And this takes courage, that we would say that our faith would partner with what the Word of God says, not with what the world says. Courage means we, need to, we act on a truth that we know, regardless of danger or threat or fear. And this courage that we are called to as a believer is in believing all that God promises to be for us. Do we believe God is who He says He is today? Do we believe His Word to be true? You know, our courage is fueled by faith. And you might say, I don't have enough faith in this season to keep pushing through. You only need a small amount of faith and God will strengthen you as you submit to Him in that way. Our courage is activated by our faith in a God who is real and powerful and just and loving. Our courage is found in a God who keeps His promises and who is working all things together for good. Courage is taken. It's something we take hold of in a season where there is fear. And we don't take hold of false hope or empty promises. We are taking hold of real promises in a real God. You know, right now the world is shouting at us and every single day we have access to this uh, message of fear and this message of doom and gloom. And, And we've got a lot that we can be afraid of in this time. There is a lot of fear that is generated all around us. It's hard to ignore it. We hear it every day. We're bombarded. They're screaming for our attention and we are warned what will happen if we don't listen. But fear is a tool of the enemy in this season. And it is a tool that steals, that kills and that destroys so much of the abundance of life that God has called us to live in Him today. You know, one thing that I think we need to understand is that fear is actually a natural response as a human being. You know, it is something that we automatically can find ourselves in this place of fear. It comes uninvited, unwelcomed, and sometimes it is almost automatic. But when we realise that courage doesn't come naturally, we understand that we have to take hold of it by faith, especially in this current climate. We don't really have a choice when we find it confronting us every single day. Because this doesn't come naturally, we have to seize it. We have to understand that it is something intentional that we need to go after. And there are many examples again in the Bible that we can take our cue from. Abraham seized courage when he left his homeland to go to an unknown place. And then when he obediently prepared to sacrifice his own son. Jacob seized courage when he faced a brother who had vowed to kill him. Joseph seized courage when falsely accused and thrown into jail. David seized courage in defeating the giant Goliath. Esther seized courage in facing the king to save her people. And Jesus seized courage when he faced persecution and rejection to willingly endure the cross for our salvation. 
You know, in each of these stories, and there's many more throughout the Bible, we see that courage was seized. It was taken by faith. They took action to do what they believed was right and they did it with faith in a faithful God. What do we have faith in that gives us courage today? We have faith in His promise to forgive all our sins. We have faith to believe that He'll never leave us nor forsake us. We have faith today that He is our Jehovah Jireh, our provider. We have faith today that He will help us in temptation, that He will work all things together for good. We have faith today that He will give us peace as we trust in Him. We have faith that He will prosper us and not harm us that He'll give us a hope and a future, that He will strengthen us in our weakness. What are the promises that give you courage today? Let your heart take courage. He is faithful and kind and just and good. We must take hold of the promises of God. The Word of God is filled with them. That's why I encourage you to read the Psalms, to go back and to feed your soul, to feed your spirit with the promises of God. We must take hold of what these are, our yes and amen in God. This is where our courage comes from. And we see David in this Psalm. He's pouring out his heart to God. He's pleading for help. And then his soul is encouraged as he reminds himself of the faithfulness of God. He remembers God's promises that are kept to him. And he takes courage. And as we take courage, we underestimate what threatens us and we overestimate God's power. And I I believe that you can never out uh, overestimate God's power within your life. He's willing to keep His promises. And finally, the third way we can prepare ourselves for a personal revival that I believe is to encourage you today is really the place to start. As we talk about our courage and we talk about our strength, our courage and strength are only renewed in the presence of the Lord. You know, David says it here twice in the psalm as he's finishing. He says, wait for the Lord, be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. This is a really simple invitation to encounter Him, to dwell in His presence. This is where we find the peace. This is where we find the joy. This is where we find wisdom and discernment. And the presence of God brings all of these things to us. Be strong, take heart and wait for the Lord. The Bible says that they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. And if you are experiencing anxiety and fear in this season, today I wanna encourage you, take heart. There is a way through. It's in the presence of Jesus. The temptation in times of suffering and trouble for each and every one of us is to run to other things for help instead of to God. We look for that quick fix or even sometimes a quick relief from what it is that we are feeling. And instead of waiting on the Lord, we go after human help. But our souls long for the help of the One who has created us. To wait on the Lord means that we seek the counsel of God first. The first act of waiting is to pray, to listen, to be still. 
You know, sometimes, to be honest, this can be frustrating. It can be hard and almost feel impossible, especially in that moment when you are overwhelmed with your feelings. You may be overwhelmed with anxiety. You may feel crippled by fear. But I can tell you that as we persist in going to that place of intimacy with Jesus, into His presence, it is when He does the work that we need to strengthen and to get courage. When fear and anxiety are creeping all around us, it doesn't make sense to wait. But we must listen to hear the instructions of heaven of what it is we need to do next. This only comes as we linger. Waiting may also look like resting. I don't know about you, but you may feel like you have rested enough. There's stuff to do. There's things to get moving. We've got to go and re-engage in life again. But when we find ourselves coming to this place of rest in God, He restores and He redeems and He energises and He strengthens us as we need it. Exodus 14 says, Fear not, stand firm and see the salvation of the Lord, which He will work for you today. The Lord will fight for you and you have only to be silent. You know, waiting in His presence brings peace and hope and joy and understanding. It strengthens us and it renews us for the battle. You know, I really believe with all my heart today, that these are some of the ingredients that we need for a personal revival. That God is doing a good work in us. That He is more than able to complete that good work in us at this time. And I believe that what the enemy has meant for evil through fear, through anxiety in this season, the Lord will turn it into good through courage and strength. Again, I want to say to you, if you are experiencing anxiety or fear, let this encourage you today. Let it be a sign that you need to run to Jesus. Could it be the time for you to draw near to Him, to do whatever you have to do to be in His presence? Can I encourage you to take every opportunity to meet with God? And as we wait on the Lord, we'll see a revival in our lives. Let me pray with you. Father God, I thank You for Your Word today. I thank You for the way, Lord, that it speaks right into a specific place within our hearts. I thank You for the fact that it transforms our thinking. It renews our minds. And God, today we come to You, some of us feeling heavy laden, feeling burdened with all that is going on around us. But God, we come in faith not by our own strength, not by our own ability, but trusting God that You are more than enough for us in this time. God, You know there are many that are hurting. God, You are aware of all that is taking place around us. Father, we cry out to You in this moment today. God, I pray for my brothers and sisters that those that are feeling anxiety, that are those who are feeling, Lord, just anxious about their future, the unknown that is surrounding them, the unending, God, helplessness that they feel. Father, I pray that right now, in this moment, Your presence would fill that room, that You would come and You would minister a strengthening that would come deep within their souls. God, they would feel, Lord, that You are ministering to them in this time.
And God, I pray for those who may be feeling overcome by fear. They wake up in the morning and they see and hear all that is going on and that fear returns to them. God, I thank You that You've not given us a spirit of fear, but Father, that You wanna come and You wanna give us courage in this season. Lord, I pray that Your followers, Your disciples would rise up in faith, Lord, that they would take hold of the courage that You have given us. That Father, our courage doesn't come through our confidence in ourselves, but our courage comes through our confidence in who You are today. And so, Father God, would You encourage these people today? Would You come and do what only You can do as we cannot be together? And God, I pray for each and every person that they would have a stirring in this moment, Lord, to wait on You again. That You would help us not to give up in doing good in this time. God, that as we feel the urge to run or to hide, Lord, or to... um, protect ourselves in this season, that Father, You would draw us near to You, that we would choose God in faith to sit at Your feet and to allow Your presence to fill us today. God, I thank You that You are a faithful God, that You are a good God. And I pray for the promises of Your Word to be made known to the people today. God, You would remind us of a promise, of a prophetic Word that You've spoken over us. Father, of life that You have given us and life in all its fullness. So Lord, come, come right now and fill us in this moment. We trust in You, we look to You. Father, You are our help. You are our hope. You are our deliverer and You are our Redeemer. And we draw strength and courage from You today. In Jesus' Name I pray. Thank you for joining us for this message today. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. The Bible teaches that every one of us has been created for a relationship with God. Sin has separated us from that relationship, but God loved us so much that He gave us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived, died and rose again, conquering sin, Satan and death itself. If we believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead, and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if you are ready to pray in faith, turning away from your sin and believing in Jesus for your salvation, please pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse my heart from all of my sin. I receive by faith the free gift of eternal life and I ask that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I am born again as a child of God and that you have made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to know and help connect you to a local church in your area. You can contact us on our website, numa.church. Thank you for listening.